Hi, Hi Marcy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? I am in recovery mode from Independence Day. <laughs> that we were just saying. <laughs> we might be sisters. <laughs> you think? You think? Mm-hmm. Coke, jinx. <laughs> it looked like you guys had a party in Garden City. We did. We partied till the cows went to sleep. <laughs> And woke back up and went back to sleep. (laughs) I think we darkened the doors of the house about 20 to 12 last Oh, my word. (laughs) Those young people are keeping you guys young. (laughs) That, I said, um, one of these days I'll just be partying with them and just kill over it. It'll all be over. (laughs) Hey, what a way to go. That's right. Like Dad said, you know, wow, what a ride, you know. That's Might right. as well die doing something fun that you enjoy. It's <laughs> the truth. I couldn't believe the money they spent on them fireworks, but I sure was glad they did, not me. <laughs> that reminds me, did you see that post that Jessica Cass posted? Yes, today? I was just <laughs> Fireworks say that. must have been <laughs> buy one, get 5,363 free. <laughs> telling you in sacramento literally and then we have this neighbor across the street from us everybody was fine i mean it sounded like we lived in a war zone there were artillery shells going off everywhere and you know i love fourth of july so i was cool with it but everybody finally starts calming down at 11 30 and our neighbor across the street lights up and he he went till 3 30 this morning and i mean literally right across the street from our house they're over That's the hilarious. Of our house all night long Bow! Mm. Bow! he wanted house. people to see his he didn't want to share i guess so i was like bro you can shut it down now that's like us we went to the lake last night here in pratt just because we knew they'd be shooting them off and we'd see tons of them going off and then it'd get real quiet. And I'd say, well, babe, let's go. I think they're done. And we'd get ready to pull our lawn chairs up and they'd start up again. <laughs> I think we did that like three times. And finally I said, let's go. I need a shower. <laughs> we left. Yeah. They were still going. <laughs> they have a curfew here. So, and they're real strict. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I'm thankful because <laughs> when I did come home, all of the people in our community, they had, they do it several days here. So like right. today, actually they're allowed to pop too, but I think they probably spent all their money. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, they, even on my street, we live on a cul-de-sac. And so the caterer that owns the house up on the hill, he um, had went and bought his thousands of dollars. Worth <laughs> <of> <laughs> The street was lined with cars and people were sitting in their yards and watching all the fireworks he was showing off, you know, Saturday night. And then Sunday, of course, we were at the church. But then when we came home last night, Greg said, I was going to call you, but I figured you'd figure it out. You could, I mean, it was like driving th- driving through a war zone. I mean, the street <laughs> had huge mortars and boxes. <laughs> And I'm like, I hope none of these are lit. (laughs) Hope they're all dead and put out. This is true. Daniel and I took a drive. We left Wayne and Paula's and I said, do you want to go home or do you want to go for a drive? And he said, I want to go home. I said, I want to go for a drive. (laughs) (laughs) He's still in party mode. (laughs) So we go to Elk Grove and I'm like, man, it's boring in Elk Grove. Let's go back to South Sac. Zach was blowing him up every neighborhood. It was like a, a show, a serious high dollar, high money show. And then we got home and we were screaming because he was reading the news. <laughs> it was the South Sac PD and they were saying, we're very concerned about illegal fireworks this year and we have a, a task force that is going to stay on top of them and we are on our game. <laughs> you know what the law is here? Nothing what? over six feet tall. You guys. <laughs> I was like, you guys were not, you didn't even touch the surface. <laughs> Poor guys. Hilarious. 
We were surrounded by the millions of fireworks high in the air. I, I am telling you, whoever lives south of the church and east of the church, and then somebody was staying in that uh, Heritage Motel right there, that they had to spend thousands. I'm serious. We we could see way off in the distance the ones the city put up. Those were just absolutely puds. <laughs> that people had bought and shipped down a, a special boat from China or something. I'm telling you, talk about a glorious display. It was like, oh, my word. <laughs> I was telling Joe last night, I said, well, I don't know if these people are really celebrating this year because they couldn't celebrate too big last year or if they're thinking, well, if America's going down, we're going down with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. There was a lot of diverse mixed reactions yesterday. I will say yeah. that. Some were saying, God bless America. And some were saying, America's cursed. <laughs> you know, I know. It's the truth. Like, My it is. word. You know, there was a lot of shoals to to uh, mm-hmm. wander through uh, yesterday which is kind of yes. sad but yeah such is life and I it's guess the truth this world is not our home after all so amen it's, it's a, a reality check isn't it it <laughs> really is it is a reality <laughs> check i'm telling you what i said either these people were just glad to have their masks off and be out and about after being locked down for a year <laughs> or the they truth. were sending Governor Newsom a telegram. <laughs> that is the truth. It's I sad, but true. It is. <laughs> it really was. I, I, one thing I do know, we, um, we did a dinner right after service and then we said we would go home and rest and everybody came back five o'clock to start a baseball game. And, um, that we said we'd grill hot dogs. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know who the precious soul was that decided to donate 2,000 hot dogs. <laughs> God bless Do you have hot dogs for Sunday school snack for the next five weeks? <laughs> we can feed the poor. If they're hungry, just send them to all. We can feed the poor. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I have all the ha- hot dog buns that you need over here. Somebody, Did you bring the buns. And for we'll the buns, have, we'll have a car wash and feed the poor. That's we can do that. Speaking of hot dogs, because we made hot dogs and brats, and Daniel carries in the plates, and there's a whole pack of grilled hot dogs on one plate. And a whole pack of grilled brats on the other plate. And I'm like, Daniel, how many people live in this house? Everybody must have been feeling the American way yesterday. We Forget have- hamburgers. We're doing hot dogs. Like 16 hot dogs and brats for two people. Well, I guess you can freeze them. Maybe you can. <laughs> or find some poor little homeless dogs that are out wandering around. He's like, babe, just throw them back on the grill for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. What cracked me up is when I married Greg. And then, of course, when he worked out here in the meat packing plant, and he worked in the hide division, you know, sell, dealing with all the leather and hide sellers that came from <laughs> Santa Cruz and right. Korea and all those places. <laughs> After working there, he said, I'll never eat a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, he had 2,000 of them. <laughs> I looked at him, I said, looks like you're eating a hot dog. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I said, that is the truth. They said, never say never. Because that is... You will do what you, you say never it. about. That's exactly <laughs> That's the right. truth. Yeah, man. Oh, my lands. Oh, well, what's our topic today, girls? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Hot dogs? Fourth of July? Independence? <laughs> right. My son will be thrilled. That's his favorite song. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> That's the truth. Anna, you'll have to find that for our intro outro. <laughs> That is hysterical. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, Aww. it does bring up, um, 
It does bring up subject. You know, I live in a town of about 32,000 people. And um, according to my daughter who works at the bank, and I have not um, verified oh. this. So um, if Instagram's listening, <laughs> they'll do a fact check on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Facebook. But she says we service 66 different nationalities. Wow, that's wow. in America. Imagine that. Yeah. That's in incredible. a 32,000 uh, people community, which um, uh, growing up, you know, as well as I do, living in Hutchison, um, you might have had maybe four different nationalities in that right? city. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, when Greg and I moved out here um, and they told us we were home missions, I spent a couple of months out here and I said, I don't think we're applying for home missions. We'll apply for foreign missions. Yeah, it's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so, um, but in this the this day and age that we're living in, um, it has put into my heart and in my mind the mindset that we can't become so locked in in reaching people the same ways that we used to because we are reaching to so many different diverse cultures. Now that doesn't mean the gospel changes because the power of the Holy ghost ministers to people more than anything. Right. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Sometimes the way we have to disciple them, we have to change. (laughs) Very true. I think it's amazing that you're bringing that up because Joe and I had a very candid conversation about that just last night we were sitting at the table in pizza hut because we were not cooking again because we had cooked all day yesterday (laughs) and and we were sitting there and I said you know it's amazing because the more we sit we work in this town not sit but definitely not sit (laughs) work in this town um the more we're understanding that the way you pastor is not the same as the way daddy pastored and the way brother Westberg pastored and you just can't because we're dealing with a whole different mindset, um, not just generational, but cultural. No, Yes. Cultural. And even, um, even Americanized culture is so different than the way it was when we were growing up. It's just crazy. You know, this is really funny that you guys are bringing this up. <laughs> yeah, living you live being you live in California. <laughs> I'm telling you, I tell Daniel a lot of times um that we I he says, babe, let's just leave California. Can't take it anymore. The politics are so mm-hmm. evil and weird and whatever. And I tell him, Well, we can't leave for one till God tells us to leave. Right. Yeah. That for two, you have to quit looking at it as living in it in the American mindset, we're literally on a mission field. That's <laughs> yes. the truth. I said, it you is know, so true. we're so used to coming from the Midwest where everything's America, 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 which believe me, I'm very patriotic and I believe we yes. should be. And I can Absolutely. talk to that um, because I have traveled to other countries. I don't right. have a lot of, I don't have a lot of um, uh, patience for people who want to diss on America and they've never stepped a foot off of American soil for any right. reason, shape or form. Right. Um, because when you do travel to other countries, you realize that even though we're not a perfect nation, we are perhaps and most likely still the best nation in the world, the most just nation in the world, the yes. most equitable nation in the world, the most diverse nation in a lot of ways. Um, because right. if we weren't, people wouldn't be lined up at the borders trying to come in by the thousands each year. <laughs> right. Well, From their the countries, if you think about it. <laughs> I do agree that to up into this um, last uh, four years, I agree. I would agree with that a hundred percent. By all means, um, I don't want to be the party pooper here, okay? <laughs> but <clears throat> by all means, being that the type of and this is why I'm bringing this up too, is because. Even American, the generation that is in power now, the uh, it's we're past the millenniums. Uh, my son gave me. I said he, he works in all that field, so he stays up with all that. I said, 
what is the name of this generation? It was the, you know, Generation X, Generation, mm-hmm. you know, this millennium, the millennials. Well, he spouted off something to me that sounded robotic. So I was like, okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm lost, but I'll believe you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. that, that fits because we're in the IT generation where everything mm-hmm. is media centered. So everything is IT centered. Everything is um, movies, uh you name it. It, it, anything to do with a screen that you can stare at for hours and hours and hours. That's this generation. So they don't even think like when you're talking about um, God bless the USA and stuff like that. Sadly, this generation doesn't even relate any way or shape on a hold to that. I will say there's still a percentage of it that does, mm-hmm. but in being in tune with even the young people in my church um like yesterday I wanted to sing a patriotic song they all looked at me first like I had landed (laughs) from Mars (laughs) 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 and people are looking at me will listen to this and think you got to be kidding me no I'm not because um so many of these kids um came from areas and ethnicities that they probably never sang a patriotic song in their life mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying if you if you haven't been around that then you don't and in a, in a sense you got to understand what i'm saying because where we grew up it was fed to us in the school district all the time you know you got up you saluted the flag mm-hmm. um you still celebrated a lot of american holidays i mean there was a big push for it out where I live, working in the school district for 17 and a half years, we celebrated everybody's different ethnicity cultures. We celebrated Mexican Independence Day. We celebrated the Day of the Dead. Then we had the Asian community move in, the Burmese, the Laotians, the Vietnamese. Then we had um, the... um, Haitians and the Congo and the uh, Nigerians move in and the Muslims move in and I know it's not politically correct probably to say that but all of a sudden our schools are trying to accommodate yeah accommodate and actually a lot of those took precedence they did they took precedence and even Mm -hmm. in my own city um English became the second language. It was not the first language. So I, we just had brother and sister Buxton preach for us. And when they came out here, I said, um, we're, we live out here in the high plains. We don't have a lot of churches around us. And it's crazy when you come into our city, you'll be shocked because we just do things a whole lot different than rural America or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, even the deep South, you know, because they're so, uh, a lot of places still have just a lot of this. uh, They're not like California. Okay. Yeah. You, you have your, your, you have your generations of people that have grown up there. You know what I'm saying? You're, Mm -hmm. I mean, tons of generate, you know, 15, 20, I don't know how, of course, as long as we've been here, but generational families that have been raised for years and years and years and years there. And uh, you come out here and the only ones that are generational out here are your farmers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's very hard to even get into them because Mm -hmm. they have been so opposed to the um, group of people you know, the different ethnicities moving in, except for agriculture. They love to use them for working in the fields and things like that. But mm-hmm. adopting their ways, they've been closed because that's your patriotic Americans. You see what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then when you bring uh, these other ethnicities in, then you start losing some of that patri- patriotic and the patronism that we're so used to. So it takes it is a hard adapt. Uh, it is hard to sometimes adapt to that because um, 
you're still very, very patriotic. And when you talk to people and they're not relating to you, if you're not careful, you can become offended and mm-hmm. or aggressive even. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Am mm-hmm. I making any sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, and then uh, you even in your own family, you're raising children and uh, and they're having children and uh, you're still trying to teach them the old ways. And it's even hard for them to relate because everything around them doesn't even they don't relate to anything that you're talking about. Absolutely do not relate to it at all. Well, and because it, it's not being taught. Because it's not being taught. Exactly. And I, well, it's, one, number one, it's not being taught in the schools. And number right. two, even in the church, mm-hmm. it's it's a very touchy, sensitive subject. Whether people mm-hmm. ever want to acknowledge it or not, it is because we it become this has become the new mindset is, and it is true, we are kingdom-minded. This world is not our home. But that is so adverse to the patronism that we have felt for so many years that you could openly talk about uh god bless america my my america is the greatest world that Mm -hmm. you'll ever live in you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but now you bring all these uh different people into your america and they for some reason um it depends this is the thing i have a question though on that marcia i i get where you're coming from and so I'm going to be the devil's advocate a little bit here, but I, I do feel the loss of that patriotism. And I do believe the church is kingdom minded. I'm definitely one of the most, um, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Heaven is our home. This world's not our home. Right. I don't think that patriotism is a sin. And I don't think that's what you're saying. I don't hear that. No, no. That's I don't, not what I'm I don't saying think, at all. And, and I know that. And I just want to make sure that people are clear that they understand that as well. Our listeners. Right. I, but I, but my question is, and, and this is interesting too, because the rock churches, Pastor Young named, oh my goodness, I feel like it was 30 to 35 ethnicities that were at church yesterday at the rock church. And then he began to talk also about what other countries celebrate independence and how America celebrating independence is supposedly this big deal that everybody's saying, well, we need to stop celebrating Independence Day in America because it's offensive to these people that have come to America from other countries. Well, as he began to name the other countries that celebrate Independence Day in their country, they were all the countries these people came from. Mm -hmm. So in the countries they're coming from, there was a patriotism there. Obviously, if we're selling their patriotic day here in America, they're bringing patriotism from their country to America, which is fine. But mm-hmm. there's that respect needs to be both ways. I agree. That, that if we're going to respect their patriotic days, then they respect our patriotic days as well. You know, and so I don't think that the church has to be about patriotism. But I do say that um, I feel like they came here for a reason. These mm-hmm. other ethnicities and immigrants came to America for a reason, not because Maybe America was perfect, but Daniel works with a man from Mexico that was telling him his story the other day. And Daniel came home and he said, babe, it changed my whole. And, and Daniel was a, one of the most diverse people I've ever been around in my life. He's made me grow a lot in my thinking from just mm-hmm. growing up in Midwest little Kansas, you know, where it's just right. your little community. But he said he told me his immigration story and the man is 65 years old and still works here. And he said... He told me how he crossed the border four times and got sent back four times, he said, to Mexico. And he said, Daniel crossed the hallway to the dean of instructor's office that was across the hallway from his classroom. And I said, I want to talk to the dean of instruction right now. And when the dean of instruction instruction came out, I said, Mr. So-and-so is actively at this moment telling us that to get the grade in his class, we have to watch pornography and I want to file a complaint. All I could think was run for your family, run for your future. And he said, I got to America and I just kept running because I was like, they can't get me. I've got to get my family to America. And he, and he gets mad 
and, and I'll be very careful because I don't want to be offensive to anybody on here. No. But there are ghettos that are popping up all over Sacramento that look like what's in Mexico. And they drive yes. around in their work truck and he sees them and he gets very angry. And he says, why are they trying to make America like Mexico? They left their country because they wanted the American way. They mm-hmm. wanted to provide for their families. He said, I come over here. I work. And his English is very broken. He said, I worked three and four jobs. He has two children that are doctors, two children that are lawyers, and a child that's a scientist. His children are very successful. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do it on college loans. He worked day and night and paid his kids' ways through college. In fact, they all just told him about three weeks ago. They said, Dad, for Father's Day, because you work so hard for us, we want to buy you a truck. So you go pick whatever truck you like. The best on the market, whatever bells and whistles you want on it, you choose and you get, you tell us and we're buying it cash for you for Father's Day. And just to say thank you to him because of what he put in his kids, but he drives around and he says, the people that are here now, they don't understand what we did and why we came. He said, because they never experienced, you know, what it was like to live. In those countries. And And he said, if I wouldn't have brought my kids and my wife over here, he said, Daniel, we would starve to death. There's no way in my country I could have provided for my family and gave them the life that I have given them in America. There's no way. That is that that generation of people that are living over here of ethnicities. They are thankful and they do actually. And I have precious people in my church that are of other ethnicities, they are proud to be an American. You know what I'm saying? They love being here. Uh, We had a big uh, group of Cubans that moved in and the Cuban man, he said it better than I have heard a lot of people say it in our last election. He said, I don't understand what's going on with America. They're voting in what I left to get away from. He Mm -hmm. says, this sickens me, but Mm -hmm. we, and I'm not just saying this for just ethnicities, but even for our own people that are, are the, uh, whatever generation this is. I know it's a weird word. They were saying it the other day. I can't remember what it is though. It's a weird word. Because they have not had that struggle Mm -hmm. and they have not left from that type of world to come into this world they do not understand the things that some of us at our age are grieving over losing. You, you see what I'm saying? Right, right. So when we celebrate Independence Day, we really still love our country. When they celebrate Independence Day, it's because they're going to have a party and right. blow off firecrackers and eat 2,000 hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you getting That's where true. I'm going? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yep. So some. Yep. So, so now that we've had so much of this stuff happen in America, especially in the last election and stuff, um, the mindset, even amongst some of the 30 year olds, I'll start there, is that uh, America has failed us. So we're going to become more kingdom minded, which is great. Right. It needs to hit us. Right. That Absolutely. does need to hit the apostolic church world. It 100%. does. 100%. Yeah. Because whether the apostolic church world ever wants to mend it, amid uh, uh, it, it mm-hmm. really has become a caste society of showing everybody that we are elitisms and mm-hmm. we have arrived and we right. can produce just like all the other elitisms in the world. I am touching some very touchy subjects. You right are. Yes, you are. It's very real. But it needs <laughs> We're to be keeping sad. it real. That's what our- <laughs> There's been some kingdom built. There's been some kingdoms built in the kingdom. <laughs> exactly right. And mm-hmm. you even poke that with the tip of your pointer. Yeah. You are going to get some reactions, I promise you. <laughs> yes. So, right. um, living in this generation is needing many prayers and learning to work with every faucet of facet of people coming from the oldest person sitting on your pew to the youngest person sitting on your pew because you are 
delving into and pastoring different mindsets all the way. Of course, God brings it all together because my husband preaches and teaches when we come into the church, we lose our cultural identity and we take on the heavenly cultural identity. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But even portraying that amongst apostolics is a real challenge. But anyway, we're there. So um discipling young people in this generation and discipling new people coming into the church, especially too in the new emergent church ideology of mm-hmm. uh everybody is singing about freedom and they don't have a clue about what freedom is because right. they're That's still locked up in bondage. You can tell that yes. by looking at them. We yes. are in a minefield of different ideologies and uh, reaching all types of different. um, I say we live in the age of the Grecians and you know, all of those. It is. You know, where Rome rules. We're Mars Hill again. Well, we're Mars Hill again. Everybody's philosophers. They're all academics and they're all philosophers. And they want to sit around and drink coffee and and philosophize about what's going to fix the world. And the hearts of men and the minds of people and nations of the world. But they don't understand that, that Paul preached on Mars Hills to them that the only thing that was going to fix them was repenting of their sins and turning from their perverse ways. Because Mm -hmm. when, when the mind rules us, the mind becomes, the mind is perverse. And without Mm -hmm. Jesus, the more, and the heart, the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. It is desperately wicked. And who can know it? And so without (laughs) Jesus, when we try to fix these things in the wisdom of men and the mind of this world, the world is going to only grow more perverse because the carnal man without Christ is going to just, digress continually you there's and. one of two masters we have one <clears> of <throat> two masters either jesus is your master or the devil is your master i don't care who that hair lips that that's that right that's just the word it's that's well, the reality and. of that and if you don't agree with that then you're not a bible believer right. you don't believe the, the word of god because the bible says anna and marcia what you all were just talking about brought to my mind two scriptures and I've been studying this a lot lately because the world mindset that we're in is, um, and this scripture describes it exactly. And I don't remember where the text is come from, but I do remember just reading it because I have been studying this, that I believe it was Jesus that said they became so wise in their own eyes. And that's the key phrase in their own eyes. They became so wise that they became fools. And that's pretty hard. People get angry when you say stuff like that, because they think that the Bible and that Christianity, true Christianity is supposed to be all love and peace. And, but Jesus spoke very plainly and sometimes very harshly to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those that were very well learned, but he told them you became so wise in your own eyes that you became fools And then the other scripture that brought to my mind, and I know this is in Proverbs, that um, it says that rather than seeking, I believe it says earthly wisdom, we should seek godly wisdom because that is true wisdom from above. Well, that is one thing Dr. Blash teaches too. He was talking to me about this. I was talking to him about some classes we're developing and sharing some of my concerns with him about some of the subject matters that we're going to be dealing with in, in this set of courses and just some of the subject matter out there right now in education in general, because, you know, the world is embracing all these different ideologies and theories right now. There is so many out there. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I am going to say something here that's going to be very controversial to some, but, but if it is, then they need to pray. But if you study the roots of Marxism, it is very spiritual. It is. It is. It is well, very spiritual. When you study, want to acknowledge it. it. It's very spiritual, and so when you study the roots of Marxism, it is about keeping people um, suppressed, regardless mm-hmm. of what people are talking about right now, as though it's the new, as though it's the new freedom and the new liberty mm-hmm. that's being presented to us all. 
if mm-hmm. you study the other nations that have done it, Tao and all kinds of different mm-hmm. things, um, you study the people were very suppressed and they lived under evil mm-hmm. tyranny under that day, and, and and still do, still do. Yes. And so there's some that are presenting it as it's very, um, very, uh, it, it's very social justice oriented. Like mm-hmm. it's going to fix all the problems regulates, of the evil. They, they it regulates. It regulates. Exactly. Everything. It fixes all the evils of the world, you know, and it, it takes from the people who have too much and it gives to the people mm-hmm. who don't have enough. And mm-hmm. so it makes everything even on a balanced scale. So beyond that, I, I said, I was talking to Brother Blash. We weren't talking specifically about that particular theory and ideology. We were just talking about some of the other things that we teach that deal with the mind and the heart and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, he told me, how when we're creating these things and and this struck so well with me and I knew this but it was nice to hear how he phrased it and I think this is very important for every young anybody who's apostolic to get but anybody who is a young person in this day and age really has to grasp this and they really have to take this to heart but in in a speech class they teach you about a sender and a receiver so anybody mm-hmm. who's taken a speech class in college, yes. those should be familiar terms to them. Right. So the sender is the person who's talking and mm-hmm. communicating. The receiver is the people who are in the audience or the individual they're talking to that is receiving the message. So in every form of communication, there's a sender and a receiver. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about education and curriculum specifically, then you talk about the sender being the curriculum and right. the receiver being the student right right and Mm -hmm. and then the sender is the teacher and the student the receiver is the student and -hmm. whoever the teacher is teaching to so the curriculum and the teacher are basically the sender he didn't put it in these words but this is how i wrap my mind around it he he made he made the analogy of a circle so the person in the circle is sending the message And then you have Mm -hmm. the universe out here that's the wider universe, and that's the people receiving the message. And this can go vice versa, but for this this particular analogy, we'll use it this way. So around the circle that's in the middle, you should have anybody who's filled with the Holy Ghost should have two more circles right? before we get to the atmosphere, right? Exactly. So we have the person in the middle who's the circle, that's the the sender, the person giving the message. And then around that, we have two more circles. So that first layered circle around the center circle should be God. Right. And then the second layer should be his word. Right. Right. So any message that's going out before it gets to the receiver should go through God and his word. So as an, so as an apostolic curriculum writer, I should be making sure that every bit of curriculum that I'm creating before I send it out to any receivers, any students, or I teach it myself verbally to any student is going through the filter of God first mm-hmm. and the filter of his word. What does, what is the whole framework of God mm-hmm. in spiritual formation? So that's a big picture. You can't get into that all right here, yeah. but his word gives us his framework, right? So maybe exactly you could flip right. it and say it goes through the Bible and then through God whatever, but it goes through these two spiritual frameworks before it gets to the receiver and the audience. But there's a responsibility and the obligation on the flip side of that as well, on the audience and the receiver side of that, of that as well. Exactly. Because what if that sender's not filled with the Holy Ghost? Right. That's, I was fixing to go right there because that's exactly what not only if they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, but sadly in some of our churches today, mm-hmm. some of the things that are coming in and even amongst our Christian apostolic young people, they spend so much time in the ecumenical world of just uh, of just the world. Exactly. And they don't bring in the God part of it. So they start thinking on the the at the first atom type you're exactly right marcia you they said it right there instead of in the their second atom, atom they're in their first atom. <laughs> yes so there's an important responsibility on the side of every receiver that's holy ghost field exactly and any information that's being sent to them from a sender so if it's a secular college if it's a secular curriculum if it's a secular source of knowledge whatever it is coming to them 
that's that receiver needs to be filtering it through God and his word before they they should be spiritual enough to know they need to do that. But because if they're spiritual and they're praying and they're doing what they should be doing, that should not be hard to do because they should have red flags flying. You know, when you're, when you're close to God and when you're really living what you should be living, even young people, should be able to say, okay, what my teacher is teaching to a point, I understand, but it does not agree with the word of God. So that's not right. That's where the church has to step in. And that's exactly. where I'm saying, are we? Yes. Good. Are yes. we Excellent. across the United States of America, across the world? Are we reaching into that and stepping in and crossing those lines with our young people telling them you have more of a responsibility more than ever today in this yes. this movement of fallen Rome and the Grecians. Yes, and the- you're <laughs> right, Marcia. And not just the church, but parents, the Holy yes. Ghost-filled parents. Well, you, there is a greater responsibility on parents <clears throat> and, and on churches failing. now than ever Sadly, before. Sadly, they're failing. You're right, because they're failing there because yes. they want right. to live in this Oh, I got Jesus and I, and I, my kids are going to put it together. No, no they're, they're not. not if and not Marcia, involved with them. It's actually more not. than that. It's more than that. I'm going to tell you what it is because I've watched it in the last really five to 10 years, but I've really watched it in the last five years. And this, this kind of grieves me when I talk about this. So I'm not saying this self-righteously. I'm saying this because it really has grieved me. They're so busy trying to keep up with the Jones because they're watching stuff on Instagram, all these Instagram influencers is what they're calling them. And they're wanting to stay up with the Jones because this influencer is doing this and making all this money. And this Mm -hmm. influencer is doing that and making all this money. And it looks so cool. And their house is so nice. And they're building these brand new, huge mansions. And they're wearing these name brand clothes and carrying these name brand purses because of all of that. And they're filling their lives with that. So they're not taking the time that they should be taking training their children, even from little babies in the word of God. Well, here's one of my concerns and is that we're afraid we're tippy toeing around all these things that teach our children about liberty and freedom. Well, the reason I feel like freedom and, and this kind of circles back to why I feel like America is one of the greatest countries in the world still today, regardless of what Mm -hmm. anybody else thinks is because we have the freedom to worship how we yes. choose. Thank God so far. Still, but they're trying to regulate that because that's they're, what yes, Marxism does. Yes, that's what are. socialism does. So exactly. all these people that want to jump on this bandwagon of we need regulation for everything. Okay, well, if, if that's what we're going to start talking about, then remember, they're going to regulate how you raise your child. Exactly Absolutely. right. They're going to they're reg- already trying. They're going to regulate what your child is educated with because you don't know well enough how to re- educate your child. The government needs to educate your child because you can't be responsible or you're mm-hmm. not intelligent enough to educate your own children. And mm-hmm. then they're going to regulate the church because that's mm-hmm. what all these countries do. You come and talk to my brothers and sisters from Russia and Ukraine yes. and Cameroon and all these other countries that yesterday there were more immigrants standing up crying when they were singing the national anthem than there were Americans. That's what I'm <laughs> yes. talking about. When I look they're coming our from, congregation i'm going exactly. there's more immigrants that are getting into this than the people that have lived here their entire lives <laughs> right and that's what i'm saying it and that's and that's and you're we're trying to reach our young people and let them know that this is oh boy i don't know how to say i just opened up that uh right there but we're no, trying to reach good. our young people and let them know that what they are taking for granted right now. Sure. There are people that have, like you said, given their life almost for to come over here for, but at the same time, we have, we have a lot of people. And this is why I'm saying the church is facing the greatest and the most challenging time of church history. As far as I'm concerned, I I don't know when, you know, I don't study ancient civilization as much as I probably should have, you know, 
because of Mystery Babylon. You know, you've read all, right. read all those books right. and read all those books and things like that. I'm sure in their time, they they dealt with some of the stuff we're talking about right now, though the church age had not yet been established because, of course, we're reading where, you know, all of that came into power in Acts and things like that, you know, which was after Babylon. But the system was still there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I'm saying we're li- literally living in the church age, but we in are. history Babylon. <laughs> we are. It's so true. true I remember <laughs> daddy used to preach that that was going to happen. He prophesied that many years he did. ago. He did. And well, it's so true. And it's, and I think, I think you're, you're on a very key point because it's a, it's a, it's a, I want to say dichotomy, but I don't think that's the right word. It's it's almost a contradiction because on one side, we can't be so patriotic that we're more patriotic to our American home than we are our heavenly home. Our heavenly we need, home. We need to be patriots of the kingdom first right. and yes. foremost. But while we yes. live in this world, we need to be thankful that we live in an environment. And respectful, yes. Uh, well, and yeah, respectful too. But I think we need to have thankful hearts that we live in an environment that even though it has its struggles and it's not this perfect environment by any means that if we look at the world at large, we're still pretty blessed here in the mm-hmm. sense that I can go to church and teach my children that Jesus is the greatest freedom of yes, all. Right. That he, that's true freedom. That's true right. liberty true is freedom. when you're free, when you're free from sin, we can say we're free all we want to, but we know that even all the people that are celebrating freedom blowing off fireworks can are still bound many of them to drugs or to alcohol mm-hmm. or to addictions, which is slavery in and of itself. Right. If you really and think about that, that and you think slavery. about the deeper subject, you know, but when you get in Jesus, you are freer than you will ever be in freedom of a country That's or in exactly freedom of anything right. else. Your, your freedom and true Liberty is in Jesus. But until he comes, I'm thankful I can be in a country where I can, serve Jesus at least for this time openly and publicly. So that brings me back to our subject of in pastoring in this day and age, the church age can't do it the way that we You're used right. to because for the first time ever we are facing all of these different uh I don't think I would call it dynamics. You got the words. I just got what I think on in my simple sure. vernacular. <laughs> I think dynamics is a good word. I think so too. <laughs> we are facing all of these. Of course, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, but more so his word. But you even bringing that up during COVID, I began to study different civilizations, different continents, different things. And I have been so overwhelmed at times in my spirit thank you jesus for the holy ghost because i can go there and be renewed but we as america are falling into the same diabolical mindset of Mm -hmm. adopting all of these heathenistics heathenistic traditions and rituals and and thought processes. That's exactly right. And we are, it is being sold wholesale through the college age children, which I am not against education, but no. my God, do we ever need to inform the children going to college that the word of God, because that when I'm studying all of these and it's just bringing in towels, towelsum, it, mm-hmm. how do you say that word? Towelism. Towelism. And all of these Mm -hmm. different gods where they worship the sun, the moon, and the stars, and necromacy, and tarot card. It's crazy, girl. You have never seen Mm -hmm. in your life, and bodies being switched from person to person. And and America, whoever dreamed that America, that we came over to be free from the Catholic Church, is buying into all of this and it's being taught and pushed in our universities. It's crazy. And so, you know, I'm saying when the church is reaching to our young people, we've got to be on point of right. teaching the word of God. Even when people are saying that the word of word of God doesn't even matter as far as the world is concerned anymore. Well, it still does matter because yeah. heaven and earth's going to pass away. And that's the book 
that it's, that's no, his right. word is not going to pass away. <laughs> that's, and that's the why, only book that's still going to be left standing after everything burns. <laughs> and that is why, Marcia, every because we have to be educated to live in this world nowadays. You you know to some extent you have, you have to, to be survive. you have to be educated to get a job or whatever. But as apostolics, and I feel such a burden about this for our apostolic college and K twelve kids, young people and adults that are going back to school. You have to have a prayer life. You have absolutely, to, okay? absolutely. You relationship. Have to, you have, to, and I'm not talking a. Oh, I pray before church starts. Prayer life. That is not a prayer life, friends. No. That's okay, when we're talking on this bigger scale of what we're talking about here, that is not a prayer life. Okay, and and this story is not about me, but I did go to college in a secular college for nine years, liberal arts. It was not apostolic. It was. <laughs> In any way, shape, or form. One of my teachers told me that to learn how intimacy works, I needed to watch pornography. Okay? I, I have a girl that just dropped out of that because of the same thing that was told to her. And you know what I did in my classroom? And I don't think it's a sin for apostolic kids to do this. And I get tired of people saying, well, you have to be such a Christian no. that you can't Baloney. push back. I looked at that teacher in front of the whole entire class and I said, over my dead body. That's exactly That's what right. I told her, told him in front of every student. And then you know what I did after that? I didn't even wait for him to finish right while he was still talking. I marched. He said, I was 20 years old at the time and I had a wife and three kids. And he said, my family was starving in Mexico. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't care what people come over here and talk about how terrible America is, tells you. My family and my children were starving in Mexico. He told Daniel this and he said, every time now they stop right me, there. Stop right there a minute. Can I interrupt you just for a second? Sure. Those people are the ones that understand patronism, but it's patronism. those people that have had children that have grandchildren here that think the old world is a better place to live. Trust me, I work with that all the time. Because, because they've never, never lived in it. That's exactly right. They've mm -hmm. never lived in it. So to them, the country grandpa came from is the best country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's I, the mindset. <laughs> he said, they mm -hmm. had their guns out at me. And he said, Daniel, the fourth time I was just like, if I die, I die. But I've got to get to America because my family is starving. And he yes. said, I ran as fast as I could across that desert. Yes, ma'am. And, and I walked right back over to the class and the whole class was in shock. They backed me up on it finally because some of the other kids were so afraid to say something. But we as apostolics sit in there and we suck it in. We ingest it because we're like, oh, I can't say nothing. Oh, my goodness gracious. They're going to look at me weird if I say something. And all those kids in there are wishing. Somebody had Somebody the guts to say up. something and we have the Holy Ghost, but we don't pray. So we don't have courage. And I'm talking praying, Marcia, because during that period of time, the only thing that saved my bacon was I would go to the church at night and pray for hours. I would go to the church on my lunch hour and pray for an hour. You know why? Because I was fighting confusion just like everybody else. I well, went through five years of struggling for my faith while I went through that stuff because they were teaching me all this stuff about you know well the bible's not necessarily true it hasn't been proven and this and that and the other and i knew in my heart of hearts they were wrong but my intellectual mind was questioning well what? is there truth to this? and that's their job that's, that's those their professor's job, job. That's that is their job that, that is a professor's job but you know what saved my bacon was one prayer, prayer and two listening to godly influences in my life that and had that's been there that's the thing that I'm work. That's the thing that I have have such a deep concern about today in my spirit is because what you're talking about, of course, I introduced the college level, but being that I worked in the and and yes, I was a school bus driver, but I also worked in Title One. I also that's where we did roundtable discussion with children that had problems at home or speech impediments, all kinds of different types of things where the IEPs were formed. Also, I worked as a library para and worked in there and worked as paras with certain different teachers. But people don't understand that even when I worked in the school district at a young age, and I'm talking first grade, roundtable discussions started right then and there were used to be 
they had to send a letter home to the parent telling them what we're going to discuss today because it was controversial. Today, they're introducing into these first graders' minds things that the parents don't have any idea about. So if these parents are not teaching these children how to have God-centered lives even at a young age, and we're talking about from the womb to the tomb, honey. You're 100% Because right, I'm Marcia. seeing too many apostolics that are yep. letting their kids sin because they think it's okay because they're little. Well, when, pray, tell me, are you going to teach them it's wrong after you let them do it so long and think it was right? Oh, Marcia, yes. Can I, I introduce, can yeah. I say something here? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> because now you're on my candy stick, Marcia, and you're firing me up. And I don't get fired up very often, but when I get fired up, I'm fired up. Because when you said that, it reminded me when I was working in Head Start with three and four year olds and the teacher that I was working with how that she sat me down one week and she said, okay, next week we're going to teach on body image. And mm -hmm. she pulled out two pictures and one was a picture of a nude woman. And one was a picture of a nude man, three and four year olds mm -hmm. head start yes. owned by yes, the government and paid for by the government. no child left behind act. That's all. And exactly right. They yeah. were going to show the different parts on the bodies and male and female and what they were used for. And they were going to talk about how that babies were made and this is how it was done. And I looked at that teacher and I said, I won't be teaching this. And she said, well, you will, if you're going to work in my classroom. And I said, no, you're going to teach it and I'm not going to teach it. And I'm not going to be working here because I'm not going to support this. And then I also remember that same teacher because of that, she got angry at me and she called in a, a home visit SRS worker and she said she had this little boy evaluated because this little boy was just a little boy. He liked to play cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians. He was active. He was a very active little boy. And so she had him evaluated and her and this worker that she had called in had this system going. And I was in shock after this literally happened. That lady came in, evaluated that little boy. Afterwards, she sat down, wrote out this IEP in this report, said that the little boy had ADHD and that he needed to go on Ritalin and another medication I don't remember the name of. And her and the teacher both looked at each other, smiled. The SRS worker closed up her portfolio, walked out the door and left the paper on the table. And as soon as she walked out, the teacher that I was working with stood up, slapped her pockets on both sides of her hips and said, 2000 bonus right there, Sarah. What do you think about that? That's and exactly I the way the new teachers union works. <laughs> was in shock, but I was so mad. I went down to the HR office and I told him, I'm done. I'm not working here. And I told him why, because that woman and that other lady had them a system going and it's still happening today. And people don't believe you when you tell them they that. And so here, that's here's my candy stick. Church. <laughs> That's where our mommies and daddies, I've had mommies, I've had about four mommies ask me, how do you do it? And I'm not, I'm not boasting God. I plead the blood of Jesus over my daughter. How does Antonia know so much Bible? How does she know this and that? And that? I said, I'm going to tell you why girls, because this is what I did. I didn't play Disney songs all the time when Antonia was a little baby. It's the truth. It's I didn't, I didn't let her watch Disney videos and Disney movies. You know what I played? I played all these old fashioned, everybody's, Oh, that's so outdated. And so old fashioned. I played, um, Sir Oliver songs. I played bullfrogs and butterflies where they were teaching them character traits. <laughs> Donut man. I played the Donut Man. I played the Down machine. at the Pond, the music machine. I played yep. all of these CDs and I put it in her every chance I could. We would have Bible devotions in our home and I would do Bible quizzing with her. Little kid, Bible quizzing. Yeah, we did. We did the bread of life where we'd pull out before we'd start eating, just like mama and daddy did with us at the table. And we'd all go around the table and we'd ask a quiz question, a Bible quiz question, and we'd get the chance to answer it and see who was the winner. And we made it fun and we still do stuff like that. And so if you want to know how to get your kids to love Jesus and love the word of God, put it in them from the time they're born, put it in them. It's going to take, in America, it's going to take every mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, pastor, yes. teacher. We have got to get 
rid of the mindset that we can leave it up to just one person. Uh, it's so not the Sunday school teacher's responsibility. It's not, it's not the pastor's. No. The pastor has a responsibility to feed the flock. Right. Then from there, the Sunday school teacher has a responsibility to teach the children. But from there, the parents have a responsibility to reinforce what the pastor is teaching and what the Sunday school teacher is is teaching too. It's got to be 